Hi, and welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. My name is Deb Crow, and I will be your host. Join me on this journey as we meet heart-centered leaders from all over the globe. Lots of interesting questions, interesting conversation, and find out what makes a leader. How do they handle uncertainty and complexity? How do they lead in a time that is volatile? Join us. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. And I've always been intrigued with the sector of business that is human resources. And I'm excited this morning to interview Ann Bloom because I feel, and she even alludes to this, she puts the human back in human resources. Let me give you a little bit of background before I introduce you to Anne. She is a senior HR executive. She is strategic. She's pragmatic. And I want to say on the podcast today that I see her as a heart-centered leader. I think she leads with heart in the HR sector. I think she brings so much value and humanness to any project she works on. She's an initiator of ideas. She loves to build, she loves to transform, and that all falls under her ability with ease to do it as she leads people. So I'm excited to introduce Anne. So Anne, welcome to the show. Thanks, Deb. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to to this uh, spending time with you today. Well, you are my my HR, my human resource go-to, and I know you've had tremendous success, so I'm going to jump right into my leadership questions. Okay. And my first question is, I love that you coined that you bring the human back into human services. Share with the listeners, where did your love for people come from? Where did it derive, Anne? And what led you to pursue a career and start a business within the HR sector? Oh, that is such a loaded question, Deb. Um, My career in human resources started decades ago, um, just by fluke. Actually, I was working at at a CA firm and they asked me if I wanted to do some recruiting and the rest is history, as they say. I fell in love with the industry and I fell in love with with just helping people succeed. And it's not so much about love of people as it is passion for people and passion for helping them succeed in their chosen path, whatever that may be. And I, I wanted to and strongly believe in leading others to to success and in leading them to understand where their own passion comes from. That's what got me started. And it's it's a very interesting um, uh, industry to be in, especially today, given what COVID has done to human resources or talent and culture, as I like to call it. Um, And and, and I see some great, roads being born from from what's happened in the last 10 months 
Well, you are a lover of people and it shows up in your leadership and it leads in nicely to my next question. So everyone gets this question on my podcast. What imperfections do you bring to your heart-centered leadership? As a leader, I am imperfect. There is always room for growth. There is always room for me to learn and to learn about people and to learn how to lead people because you don't lead a team the same way. Everybody is their own human being, their own person, and they have their own ways of being led and being developed and being um, uh, and, and growing within their own career. And so the imperfection is learning about people as you go along and as you, as you lead people for success and organizations for success. It's learning the fine nuances of what makes them tick, of, of what's good for them versus what's good for the whole. And yes, the whole is important, but the individuals make up the whole. And, and being people and being a human being is more important to me um, and, and, and to more important to me in helping people grow. That's beautiful. My next question segues nicely into something that you had just mentioned, HR, human resources. And I love, you like to call it talent and culture, which is what it is. Absolutely. It's exactly you know, what it is. Even yesterday on LinkedIn, there were some posts and I, I know I introduced you to Dr. Wilma, who I had just interviewed. It's all, we're all inter, intertwined and intersected. There's just a flow of energy going on with this networking on, on LinkedIn. Yeah. And I just know there's going to be a beautiful conversation between the two of you. So my question is, explain why you like to call it talent and culture. And if you'd piggyback onto that and share your observation of the trends and what you learned out of 2020 and, and us still being in the midst globally of this COVID-19 pandemic. Sure. So we all know that in the last 10 months, organizations, cultures, and talent have morphed into something that we had only thought 10 months ago would happen, but we didn't, but now it's a reality. Um, organizations, cultures have changed uh, in 10 months. And I think what organizations are struggling with today is, is that culture sustainable? And if it is, great. And if it's not, then what do they need to do to make it sustainable? How do they need to lead their talent, both in performance and in engaging their talent to be successful in today's new world? Talent is all about the individual and what they bring to the organization to be successful. Um, and, it, and it's all about building that talent around development, around growth, around skills, around abilities and competencies. And people today are screaming to be better developed, are screaming to learn new skills. And today's the day to do it. 
to you know we're in we're in um in a situation right now where most organizations are working from home or if they have gone into a hybrid workforce then they've got partially working from home and partially in an office um, environment i i struggle with how quickly organizations will get back into having everyone full-time into an office environment. I don't know if we'll ever see that again. Um, I think that organizations have learned that their talent is as productive and as successful working from home as they were in an office environment. What, organize, what, what talent is missing today is the interaction, the eyeball to eyeball interaction with employees, with their fellow colleagues. But there's a way of getting around that. There's, there's more Zoom, there's more team meetings, there's, there's just ways of getting around that and people are learning to, to welcome the changes that are coming. And, and this world is all about change. It's all about growth. It's all about transformation and being better at who we are. And that's the one thing that COVID-19 and this pandemic has taught all of us is that we need to build and focus on building relationships today in a very different way. But they'll be stronger and they'll be better for it because they will be focusing on the talent and the person rather than just on the business. You're speaking my language, Anne. We're talking, we're, we're talking. Yay, love we're, that. We're talking heart-centered leadership qualities through the lens of human resources, the talent and culture onboarding talent and culture and not just for academics. There's significant emotional intelligence that's finally being looked at and being kind is no longer looked at as a weakness. And I, I really feel like you're spearheading this and I feel like you are one of the heart-centered leaders within talent and culture to kind of draw the line in the sand and say, this isn't new. This is, this is where we are and where we are going. And I think the millennials have really helped us shift this. And I'd love to throw in an extra question here. What have you seen? And you talk about us leading and being different. What are a few strategies that you've implemented or you're looking to implement or you would share with a fellow colleague of what's kind of worked and what hasn't? That's a great question, Deb, and I think it's ever evolving because we just don't yet know what's going to work. But what's most important today is, and I, and I really don't want to use the HR speak, if you will, but there's some things that resonate with me, and that's building engagement of your talent um, and engaging them more to be more centered within the organization, even though they are remote and keeping them as part of their employees, um, as part of, as part of the, the, the organization. And engagement is all about communication. It's all about open, transparent, ongoing communication. 
And leaders today need to be aware that it, it's not just the, the, the every week touch base. It's gotta be the every day or every other day touch base. And as people continue to work from home, it's, it's not just about the role that they're playing for the organization, but it's how are they doing in their home environment? Are their kids at home with them? Do they have blended families at home with them? Um, and if so, how's it going? You know, let's, let's talk about your life rather than your work. I want to get to know you as a human being um, and get to know what makes you tick and, and build that relationship that has got to be so all-encompassing to the success of the employee being remote, of the organization having a remote workforce, and of the organization building and maintaining that productivity that they need to continue building their revenue and profitability. And the key words there are exactly how you started. Building engagement is the foundation. Absolutely. Connecting with your people, doing those check-ins, and really being mindful of your questions, the languaging, and being present, and bringing listening, that deep, attentive listening, to a better level. I think it's a skill that all of us can learn to hone and get better at on a daily basis. And when you build engagement, you foster a limitless potential of a beautiful culture within an organization. Agreed. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we all started 10 months ago by saying that one of the key words that leaders would need to learn and develop skills, if you will, is empathy. And never before has it been more true that Empathy and, and understanding and listening are so important to building the relationship with your employees today. I'm just going to put a period there because I, I that's just a mic drop comment and I agree <laughs> with you. Well done. Thank you. You made it easy, Deb. I appreciate well, it. Well, <laughs> I, you know, you have such a diversity in the services that you offer. And my last question, Anne, is I would love for you to give us your version, your vantage point through the lens of talent and culture to the future you're seeing. And feel free to pick a few of the, the services because you offer so much with your richness and experience. Uh, would love to see a little bit of how you see the lay of the land for the next two to five years and any trends or things that you'd like to see within the different services you offer. Well, I think the trends are pretty clear, Deb. I think that organizations are going to be focusing on transformation growth and change. Um, and they're going to be focusing on um, building challenges and continuing to build challenges for their people to be successful. Um, I think that any person who is in talent and culture needs to have a very clear and high understanding of what talent or what transformation growth and change means to their specific organization. 
Um, but those, those are the areas that I focus on um, through my business. And my business is called ALB HR Solutions. Throw a .com behind it and you've got my website. Um, and, and it will talk about all of the services that I provide, but I do focus on helping organizations build strategy, transformation and growth. I, I love that. And, and it's not the first time I've heard it from someone uh, within the HR talent and culture sector. I think it excites me. It provides me with a level of hope that as a coach, I haven't seen before. And I have to throw in another question because I knew this was going to be such a rich conversation. <laughs> sure. A lot of discussion around, I'm going to kind of twofold this. Being a remote worker now is, it's an element on a resume or a CV, whichever you want to call it. There's a lot of polls out there about when and if we do return, and I share the same reservation that you have about too quickly, too fast. But do you ever see it going back to what it was? Or are you going to see like a 60-40, 70-30 between home and offices? Because I know with the multiple businesses that I've worked with and the C-suite leaders, productivity has gone up and employees are happy. It's a different time. What, what do you foresee? Let's, let's throw out a little bit of conversation because I would love your vantage point on what you're seeing, what you're feeling, and what you think from talent and culture might be a win-win, you know, a framed mindset for what that really looks like for us. What do you think 2022, 2023 and onwards going to look like? Oh, great question, Deb. And I will say a few things. Um, first of all, there's no going back. There's no going back to 2019, 2020. Back is but a memory. And the way to look is future and forward. Um, growth is inevitable. Change is optional. Or maybe it's the other way around. Change is optional. Growth is inevitable. Um, but I think either of them are realistic in today's world and in, in the future world. I think that uh, we as leaders need to be forward thinking and we need to um, build uh, a level of, of growth, uh, a level of insight for our people um, in organizations to help them understand what future looks like for their specific organization. You know, there, I was talking with a, a colleague of mine the other day and he was saying his organization has gone back fully um, into the office. And now the leadership is rethinking that process and they're saying, okay, if you wanna work from home now, you can work from home. Um, we get it. Um, and I hope that there are more leaders out there that just get it, that get that understand, that get and understand that leaders, that people are being equally, if not more so productive working from home, that, you know, <laughs> let, let's face it, we like to stay in our slippers and PJs some days, and, and we like to dress up on other days, and being given that option is what employees really want today, and what people really want today. They want the option to go into the office or work from home, 
when it feels right for them. And if they have client meetings, that those client meetings can be done on Zoom and be equally as productive because that's what people have gotten used to in the last 10 months. And yes, we're all Zoom fatigued, but it's not going away. It, it, it is a part of business now. Um, and, I, and I think organizations and people are accepting of what the last 10 months has done to their careers to make them think more holistically in, in what works for them. And I think it's so important. It's become more so about what do I need from my organization to be successful and how can my organization help me be successful? And they're probably one and the same, but have different meanings for a lot of, a lot of leaders. Um, and I think that 2022, 2023 is, uh, is gonna be different. Careers are gonna be different. Um, work is going to be different. The way we do work is different. And I, I wonder, you know, even after, and, and thank God the vaccine is here and, and yes, we're seeing some light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. Um, I, I hope that with people getting the vaccine when they can and when they're able to, that um, they will be more accepting of the changes that have taken place. And does that mean we still have to wear a mask? Absolutely. We still need social distancing. We still need to be careful until we've eradicated this pandemic. Um, and it is coming. Um, but I, I think change is inevitable. It, it, it is going to happen whether we want it to or not. Well, I want to add to what you said that Zoom is for business. Zoom is our life. Yeah. And I watched my oldest daughter get married on New Year's Eve day on Zoom. Congratulations. I'm sorry you couldn't be with her. It was, you know, people were, you must be so sad. And I think it warrants a great kind of follow up to what you just said. The world is what it is, but it's how we choose to interpret it, process it and react. Yeah. So was I sad I had to watch her on a computer? 100%. Mm -hmm. Was I grateful and happy that we had an iPhone and a laptop and I was there virtual? I loved it. Yeah. But on a deeper level, I realized that I raised a strong, beautiful young woman who was still going to be married and embrace the union, even though she couldn't have the picture perfect wedding. So I need to buy that song, Lovers in a Dangerous Time, because as yeah. a family, we chose to make the best of what we had in the time that we had because of the lockdown. Well, exactly. And my niece got married in September on a beach on, on, you know, on Long Island that I wasn't able to attend, but I saw the wedding and I was there and that was all that I cared about. And um, I'm happy for her, thrilled for her. I've never seen her happier, but Zoom is for living right now. And it's the only way that we can stay connected with families, friends, business acquaintances, colleagues, 
it, it's something we just need to embrace because it, it's not going away. Not anytime soon. Absolutely. And, and it wasn't here 10 months ago. That was the other thing to think about. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting time. So yeah. you and I could talk about leadership and talent and culture all day. So I knew this was going to be a rich conversation. I'm going to switch to my fab four. Go for it. Four fun questions, whatever's on the top of your mind. Something new that I'm doing this year is I really want to showcase the personalness of my wonderful heart-centered leaders. First question, tell us something about Anne Bloom that we don't know. Oh, Deb. Um, I love my solace in today's world is getting out every day to go for a walk just to be by myself to think and reflect. I love it. Well, you know, you're going to get a win-win for me because I'm out, I know, hug I, I'm out hugging trees every day. <laughs> I love that. And it's self-care, right? Yep, absolutely. It's, it, it, it just, it's something I need to get out of the house every day to, to clear my brain and to really think about what I want to do and what's next. And it's my solace. I, I love my walks daily. Love them. No, me too. And, and not a believer in resolution, but it's something that I commit to myself to do every single day. Right. And even if it's raining, my mindset is we can do hard things. Just it's raining, put on a raincoat. You can still walk. So that's wonderful. I don't, I don't like to carry anything when I'm walking, Deb. So that's a little bit hard. I know. I know. <laughs> Second question. Yeah. Is there a leader who really inspires you? And if so, who is that person? They can be living or they can be passed away and share with us why. When I started in my human resources career, um, in the chartered accountancy firm. I learned a lot from my first manager. His name was Jim Duncan. I don't know where he is these days. Um, I, I have no clue, but I learned a lot from him. And uh, he's the one who I believe gave me um, my insight into HR and gave me my insight to being the leader that I am. Um, and uh, he, he was he was a great mentor of mine for a number of years. Well, Anne, you need to reach out and find him and tell him that. I told him that many years ago, but we haven't connected probably in the last three years. And you're right, it's probably time. It's time. Third question, do you have a mantra or a word for 2021? I'm eager to share that mine is joy in all that I am, all that I do in everything that I want to be. And I would love to hear if you have a chosen word or a mantra. So my mantra is clearly um, cautiously optimistic for change, healing and success for 2021. I love that. I want you to say it again. Cautiously optimistic for change, healing, and success in 2021. Oh, that's powerful. I love that. And my last question is, 
What do you want your legacy to be? Oh, I keep asking myself that question. I don't know. I don't have children, so they can't be my legacy. My nieces and nephews can be my legacy, but that's sort of withdrawn. Um, I want, I think my legacy is going to be, Deb, the way that I treat others, the way that I am so passionate and heartfelt um, and, and want to help others be successful. Um, I, I'm, I'm not the leader who tells people what to do. I ask them what they want to do and then help them get there. And I've always said, don't come to me with a problem, come to me with a solution so that we can talk about it because I think that's more important. That's what I want my legacy to be. That's beautiful. Well, you are my go-to person for HR and you inspire me, Anne, with your decades and diversity of experience. I know I can always come to you with a question. I can come to you to liaise and chat about ideas. And I just want you to know that you are an inspiring woman. You are a heart-centered leader. And thank you for sharing your time and expertise today on Imperfect. Well, thank you very much, Deb. This was, uh, this was interesting. You know, you, you, you give yourself an opportunity to think. And even though I had watched your podcast in the past, I didn't know what you would ask. So that's great. Well, in building engagement, I think it's a lot more fun when you can ask people questions I, I always allow our guests to know the one about imperfect, but yeah. I think it's a much more authentic, transparent, heart-centered conversation when we have this beautiful, free-flowing conversation. Agreed. Absolutely. I thank you, Deb, for everything that you do. You are an inspiration to a lot of people, including myself and and, and thank you for starting and for continuing with your heart-centered leadership. It's, a, it's an amazing initiative. Well, it's my pleasure. And I have found an appropriate quote to end the show today. And it goes like this. No matter how educated, talented, rich, or cool you believe you are, how you treat people ultimately tells all. Integrity is everything. Thanks so much for joining me today. This is Deb Crow. We'll see you next time on Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast.